0: WTC Minneapolis-St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis, powered by Advantage Home Buyer. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRochstra. President Trump says Americans should not feel hesitant to call upon God to defeat the coronavirus. Speaking in North Carolina Thursday, the president had just publicly extended best wishes to campaign staffers of Senator Kamala Harris, who had recently tested positive for coronavirus. He pointed heavenward and said we need greater help.
2: Masks, no masks, everything. You can do all you want. But, you know, you still need help.
3: From the boss.
0: And the president made his reference more specific to the delight of gathered supporters.
3: Somebody said to me the other day, You're the most famous person in the world by
2: far. I said, No, I'm not. No, I'm not. They said, Yes, you are. I said, No. They said, Who's more
3: famous? I said, Jesus Christ.
0: George Banzani reporting. Movie theaters in New York State can reopen beginning next Friday with restrictions on audience size and other precautions in place. This is SRN News. Mike Gallagher sees the left playing tricks again. They're not publishing the tax returns
4: themselves because, well, they know it's illegal. It's a calculation. And the calculation is, let's break the law, let's leak somebody's tax returns and do everything we can to take them down and we'll sort it out later after Joe Biden is being told what to do by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez.
0: All will be good in progressive land. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 8 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio.
1: Hour two of the Northern Alliance Radio Network with your headline act, Mitch Berg, coming up here in just a moment. The best and longest running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities is on AM 1280. The Patriot Join Mitch Berg and Brad Carlson for the Northern Alliance Radio Network every Saturday and Sunday afternoon at one o'clock until three o'clock each week. The NARN brings you the best local political and conservative talk. It's the NARN each Saturday and Sunday from one till three. Looking at our forecast, we're going to have mostly cloudy skies. The rest of today, highs near 53 and lows around 29.
2: Well, largely burned out, looted to the walls, and vandalized into institutional blue. The Northern Alliance Radio Network, broadcasting from just outside the center of the metro area. In Egan, the heart of the 2nd Congressional District, along Cliff Road, the the place where dreams are made. Uh, The Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM A, The Patriot King. Banyan is heard every Saturday morning from 9 to 11 on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. I am the headliner edition. Heard every Saturday from 1 to 3 most of the time. Sometimes me and Brad switch. Brad, of course, uh, the aforementioned Brad Carlson from the Closer edition. Every Sunday from 1 to 3 here on AM 12A, the Patriot. We've been doing the Northern Alliance Radio Network going on 17 years now. Well into our second decade. And, uh, again, I was joking before the pandemic that it's high time we did our 10th anniversary party. Where it all began at Keegan's Irish Pub. But the pandemic, or rather, not the pandemic, the lockdown, claimed that, along with most of my other favorite places in Minneapolis, Uh, most of the places that I fell in love with when I moved to Minneapolis, 35 years ago, this past uh, Wednesday, Thursday. uh, I actually was supposed to be 35 years ago this past Wednesday. I was going to move to Minneapolis. I had just graduated from college. I had spent five months working construction. And figured, okay, there has got to be more to life. And I, uh, there was a homecoming. I related this, by the way, on my blog years ago in a series I wrote uh, called 20 Years Ago Today. When I related the 20th anniversary of major events of me moving to the Twin Cities. Because, boy, is there a cinematically fascinating story? as that anywhere in the world? Well, to me, there was. And it's my blog. I can write what I want to. So I did. And I, it was it was uh, October I don't know, October right around uh, September 28th, actually, 1985. That'll date me right there. Uh, it was homecoming. I'd been working construction since I left college five months earlier. No real plans, no real idea what to do because, like a moron, I had waited until the uh, middle of my second semester of my senior year to figure out what I was going to do after college. Realized being a disc jockey wasn't going to be it. Uh, figured time to move on to a whole new career. Didn't know what that was going to be. Wasn't really qualified to do much. I decided, what the heck, let's go where there's a music scene. Anyway, I just didn't decide this, though, until September 28th when I was at a homecoming event up in North Dakota, uh, my hometown, when all my uh, friends came back and talked about their fun lives, their fun careers, their fun jobs, their fun, uh, significant others. And uh, the, the topic came around to me. And I was about four or five drinks into the evening. And when people asked, what are you doing, Mitch? I said, ah, you know, working on a roofing and siding crew, but uh, I'm going to be moving soon. Uh, they said, really, where? And in the back of my mind, I thought, gosh, where can I afford afford to move to that has a music scene? Because I had ambitions of being a rock star at the time, specifically a, an alternative rock star before they called it alternative rock. Uh, but after they called it punk, somewhere in those awkward years in between when it was just rock and roll. And I thought, where is there a music scene that I can actually afford to move to? And I, I blurted out Minneapolis because I figured I heard Minneapolis is the most affordable big city around. And at the time, it was no longer. But back in the time, it was relatively cheap for a big city. And my friends go, oh, that's great, Mitch. When are you moving? And I said, I remember I was four or five drinks into the evening at this point, maybe six. I don't know. Seven. I said, uh, two weeks. Because I figured i to give an answer and I've got to make it sound good. And everyone else is just as hammered as me, so they're not going to remember. They weren't as hammered as me. By the way, I don't advocate anybody doing that recreationally for any other reason. It was was a bad idea almost every time in my life that has ever happened. Hence, it it hasn't happened in 30 years. But everyone remembered. They held me to it. They offered me couches to crash on when I did move. And so two weeks later, October 14th, 1985, 35 years ago this past Wednesday, I drove down to the bank to get my money, pulled on a locked door, realized it was Columbus Day, put off my move another day, got my money out of the bank, jumped in the car, threw everything I owned into the passenger seat. It was two duffel bags and a guitar case and an amplifier, two guitar cases, I guess. One electric, one acoustic. And I set out for the Twin Cities. I settled two weeks later after getting off the couch, or my friend's couch, down on 38th and Minnehaha, just down the street from the 3rd Precinct that was being built at the time. And I've lived in the Twin Cities ever since. And I was a conservative then. I had no intention of going back into radio, but I did. I wound up getting at the evil talk empire and wound up inadvertently... Accidentally continuing my radio career for another seven years until I finally uh got right and went on and, and actually built a whole nother career and came back to radio, well, uh in two thousand four here at AM twelve A The Patriot, where I've been ever since. So it's been a big week for looking back on some of these events, uh, of my, actually, the, the second week of October is a big week for me in a lot of ways. It's the, the 15th was the 27th anniversary of living in my house in the Midway. Uh, it's the anniversary of an awful lot of other important things in my life, for one, the reason or another, it happens to be a big one here. And so I've I, i, I I've had a fun time looking at some of these things. But, but one of the things that it is, of course, it's always election season, either Presidential elections every four years, congressional elections, and usually Senate elections every two years. And on the off years, every year, there's city elections, school board, city council, mayor. There's always something going on this time of year. This one may be the biggest one of all. And ever since 2004, ever since this show's first election year, I remember saying on the air in this very chair at this very time, 16 years ago, This is going to be the biggest election of your lifetime. And saying that at every presidential election since then. This is my fifth, by the way, presidential election. 2004, 2008, 2012, 2016, now this one. My fifth, fifth presidential election at this station alone. And everyone has been legitimately the biggest election of your lifetime. This time, I mean, we and by the way, we were right every time, and we saw the results of getting it wrong several times. I mean, we lost in 2008. That's what brought us Obamacare. And, and if you don't have your doctor, if you don't have your health care plan that you had in 2008, uh, that's why. If you spent years between 2010 and 2016 underemployed, your investments not panning out nearly as well as they should have, Uh, trying to get your kids out of your basement into a job, into the slowest recovery from a recession in American history since the Great Depression, and by the way, a recovery that was slower than any since the Great Depression for the same reasons that the Great Depression's recovery was so torturously slow, then whether you knew it or not, the 2008 and 2012 elections were the most important elections of your life lifetime, at least as re- regards the, the subjects that were going on around at that time. The recovery from the recession, for which Joe Biden continues to lie in taking credit. At any rate, I, I've got some of my, my well-meaning but somewhat chuckle-headed libertarian friends who go, ah, they're saying it's the most important election of your lifetime again. <laughs> but we're right. It is, and and I had that by the way, uh, get, get completely in spades on Wednesday night, Thursday night, Thursday night, where I got the uh, pleasure of hosting a town hall meeting uh, with Jason Lewis. Jason Lewis, of course, running for Senate and uh, run- against Tina Smith. This is one of the races we have to win because if the Democrats flip the United States Senate, uh, Katie barred the door. Uh, this was about the Second Amendment, and as Jason points out. And as John Lott points out at the Crime uh, Prevention Research Center website in an article that came out uh, yesterday, Joe Biden has will have it in his power if he wins or Kamala Harris wins the presidency, and the Democrats win the Senate, they have absolute carte blanche to shred the Second Amendment. And you might say, well, hey, the Second Amendment. Is uh, is in the Constitution? They will never repeal the Second Amendment. You're right. They they would have a very hard time trying to repeal the Second Amendment under the current rules in the Constitution, or any rules likely to pass. Remember, they have to get a supermajority in both chambers of Congress, which is not going to uh, Congress. It would be unlikely in the House, and it's never going to happen in the Senate. Never. I mean, not until they pack it, which is, by the way, on the Democrat agenda. Adding more states to add more senators and making darn sure those senators are Democrats, progressive Democrats, mind you. If you broke Chicago away from Illinois, if you broke California into three states, all of them with progressive senators. Goodbye, conservative majority. If you add Puerto Rico and and the District of Columbia, there's four more right there. At any rate, uh, beyond that, though. If the Democrats follow through on the promise that they just can't seem to verbalize under questioning, that they will pack the Supreme Court, as Jason Lewis, who is as smart a person as has ever served in Congress on these issues, pointed out, court packing will mean, first and foremost, the overturning of the Heller and McDonald decisions. Heller was the decision that said the Second Amendment is, in fact, a right of the people, not a collective right. And McDonald, two years later, in 2010, was the case that incorporated that uh, decision onto the states, the, it, basically saying, yes, all of you under the 14th Amendment have to have to treat this as an equal protection case. And with Amy Coney Barrett joining a 6-3 majority, pretty soon you will see a case that calls for strict scrutiny on First Amendment. In, in other words... Uh, Requiring courts to, to judge as strictly as possible the effects on individual liberty on cases related to gun control, which will be huge unless the Democrats manage to pack the Supreme Court and repeal, not repeal, but overturn Heller and McDonald. Now, I detest litmus tests when it comes to politics, and yet for me, the Second Amendment is a litmus test not just because i like shooting because guns terrify me and all my guns fell on the lake they did absolute truth darndest thing you ever saw but politicians that hold the second amendment in other words your right to defend yourself your property your family your community your freedom if they hold that right in contempt then they will hold every other right in contempt eventually as well when they are able to get away with it. So it is a litmus test, and this is. This election is for all the marbles. More on that when we come back. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot.
0: Zany sound effect. Uh, We were going to write a flashy promo about streaming us at Radio.com, but considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to The Patriot on the free Radio.com app.
5: We're Diamond and Silk, and we have a new book coming out called Uprising. The Awakening of Diamond and Silk. It's about how we overcame poverty and hardship by not letting anyone else define who we are, what we can do, or who we are supposed to vote for. And guess what? You can do it too. That's right. And we want you to hear our personal story for the first time.
0: Uprising, the new book by Diamond and Silk. Available at Amazon or wherever
3: books are sold.
6: Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain.
7: personalities, a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. Their technique is so advanced that their results are guaranteed in writing and their prices are the best in the business. If you have hair loss, don't put this off another day, contact ineedmorehair.com dot com at their office in Egan for your free consultation. Experience you can trust, prices you can afford. Today is the day to get a permanent solution to your hair loss at IneedMoreHair dot com.
0: You can listen to AM-1280, The Patriot, on all Amazon Echo devices. Simply ask Alexa to play The Patriot Minneapolis, and you'll hear your favorite hosts.
7: This is Dennis Prager, and thanks for listening to me on your Alexa device.
2: AM-1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. Don't forget, Americans for Prosperity Radio, coming up at 4 o'clock. Jason Flores. Doing you just about as well as anybody in the business. Americans for Prosperity, group you should be supporting. Definitely listen to them, 4 o'clock till 5 o'clock, Saturdays, on AM 1280, The Patriot. It just keeps getting better and better all weekend long. By the way, Brad Carlson and I, along with some representative or another from Alpha News, will be uh, joining us uh, after the debate, joining you all after the debate uh, this coming Thursday night. Debate starts at 8, if all goes well. We will be on the air 9.30ish until, well, until we get done doing the post-debate wrap-up. These broadcasts have been going over very, very well. We hear from people saying, this is so great to hear you guys talking about things, helping us unpack everything that we just heard especially the vice presidential debate. That was a blast. Anyway, tune in. Brought to you by Alpha News. Okay, speaking of news, one of my the drumbeats I've been pounding on for years, throughout the Trump years so far, has been if people in a free society can't trust their institutions, then it's not going to remain a free society for long. People, if people can't trust their institutions to be fair, balanced, impartial, to operate without politics, overt politics or covert politics, then people aren't going to trust the institutions that make democracy, mass self-rule, feasible. And our, quote, elite, end quote, media has made it clear for the last four, almost four years now, that they have no intention of being trustworthy as far as this goes. I, I, I noticed this. I thought of this. I've been, I talk about this darn near every show, how our various institutions, especially the news media, have been repudiating that trust, really, for years, for decades. But it's become a matter of official policy. And my progressive friends say, what? What are you talking about? The media is balanced. In fact, they're probably a little conservative. Oh, no, they're not. They have not been. That is a chanting point, uh, a deflection, something that nobody really, who pays attention, really believes. And sort of like when Joe Biden says, I have a plan, and I'm not going to raise taxes on people making under $40,000. And... Nobody's coming for your guns. They're all lies. They're transparent lies. I mean, the tax increase alone, it's just like, okay, the tax cut affected, uh, cut taxes for working and middle-class people. If you repeal the Trump tax cuts, you will increase their taxes. You will increase their taxes. It is inevitable. If you repeal a tax cut that cut taxes for working-class people, you will increase their taxes. And their response is no, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. They're lying. They're deflecting. They're repeating a big lie over and over and over again, hoping that the low information voter will believe it. I thought about that this uh, yesterday when the New York Times opinion page, one of the uh, Twitter blue checks, tweeted. And I quote, Donald Trump, quote, stands without any real rivals as the worst American president in modern history, end quote, writes the editorial board of the New York Times. Today, we are publishing a special edition to remind readers why President Trump is unfit to lead the nation. Now, first of all, the idea that President Trump is the worst president we've ever had is patent balderdash. First of all, I mean, you look at what he's accomplished. And I, I say this as someone who is not a Donald Trump fan, who has never been a Donald Trump fan, who who was a Donald Trump non-fan fan During Ronald Reagan's second term, when I first heard about the guy, 35 years ago, 34 years ago, a long time ago, I didn't like Trump then. I didn't like him four years ago. I wrote in Scott Walker when he was elected. I thought, okay, this will be interesting if we get a couple Supreme Court uh, justices out of the deal. It'll be worth it. I can take a lot of setbacks as long as we get a couple Supreme Court justices. Well, we've gotten three. Well, we're on the brink of getting three. Amy Coney Barrett will be confirmed here uh, before Election Day. I'm quite confident of that. And if Donald Trump does nothing else, that alone will be worth it, (laughs) provided we can defend it in Congress, provided we don't lose the Senate. More on that later in the broadcast. But I'd like to talk about the New York Times and, and how this represents, I mean, they're entitled to their opinion about President Trump, and there's no great mystery as to what the editorial board of the New York Times thinks about President Trump. They always have. The editorial board's opinion certainly is uh, something they're entitled to, and it has never been a mystery. Ever. Now, here's the deal. When they say President Trump stands without, and this is a direct quote, stands without any real rivals as the worst American president in modern history, bear in mind this is the news <laughs> news organization that spent the entire 30s and 40s rhetorically speaking, French kissing Joseph Stalin, burying the extent of his crimes and communism's crimes against humanity, literally. I mean, their they're man in Moscow, Walter Durante, actively slanted the news to, 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 to cuddle up to the communists. And they endorsed the man who actually is the worst president of modern times In fact, the worst American president in all history. No, not James Buchanan. No, not Martin Van Buren. It was, in fact, Woodrow Wilson, the father of modern progressivism, the man who was more responsible than any other for the resurgence of Jim Crow, especially at the federal level. The man who went back on his campaign promise and got us into World War I, a war we did not need to be in. A man who started the administrative bureaucracy that we have today. Before Woodrow Wilson, there was no income tax. The government ran on liquor revenues largely. At least, uh, at least half, uh, a third of government, re- 40% of government revenue came from excise taxes on liquor. Uh, this federal government was small. It was focused on what the federal government was supposed to do in the Constitution: defend the borders, adjudicate constitutional law, and run a federal court system to to maintain order. And he changed all that. He gave us the modern bureaucratic state. He he actively squelched dissent. I mean, he was basically a, a KGB agent in the guise of a of a of a Princeton dean which is what he had been before he became president. And he was he he screened the utterly racist movie Birth of a Nation, basically a peon to the Ku Klux Klan in the White House theater and loved it and had more than any other person to do with the enshrinement of Jim Crow at the federal level, undoing, by the way, 40 years of slow but real progress in race relations much of what we 're fighting against today stems at at all levels in the deficit spending level and the, the bureaucratic level and the identity politics level on the 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 racial divide level traces directly back to Woodrow Wilson but i I think it's a crime even greater than than their complete lack of of historical perspective or at least their their complete willingness to slant historical perspective uh to their current goal is this this they admitted in as many words four years ago right after trump was elected that they can't be trusted that they repudiate the trust of people like you and i and we and we know this because they said it in as many words on december 1st 2016 right uh, when the ink was barely dry on the election certificate a program on national public radio called On the Media. It's a production of WNYC in New York, uh, which is a public radio station, one of the flagship stations of national public radio. Uh, it's, it's basically the, the, the exposed id of the American media. This is a show that sees itself as sort of the, the hall monitor for the media elite. Uh, basically serve as, it serves as the exposed ego of the elite media in this country. And the December 1st, 2016 show had four parts to it. The first did a bunch of navel gazing about how the media should cover President Trump. Give you a hint, it had nothing to do with conveying the facts and letting the audience make up their own mind. It was about denormalizing the president. Second segment talked about how the Trump normal, how talking about Trump itself quote, normalized, end quote, the president, unless the media changes the rules on discussing him. This, by the way, featured representatives from not from real time with Samantha B or the nation or the city pages. No, they were representatives from The New York Times and Washington Post newsroom. And the subject was the need to change the rules of the media from reporting the who, what, when, where, why and how and trusting the audience to make up their own minds to turning the power of the media to denormalizing and othering Trump and his supporters. It went on to talk about how the language itself needed to be understood and harnessed to the benefit of the anti-Trump movement. And lest the foregoing was too oblique for you casual listeners, a segment linked the as yet unstarted Trump administration to who? to Vladimir Putin and his variety of dictatorship, laying out the imperative for the media to use its power to prevent normalizing the president-elect. The media's behavior in the almost four years since then has mapped to that template. It's divorced from fact. It is divorced from reality. It is focused on trying to build a consensus that Trump has got to go. It has Totally thrown out the rules that you and I, if you're of a certain age, probably grew up to vis-a-vis what the media is supposed to do. Give you the who, what, when, where, why, and how of the story. Give you the facts without trying to color them one way or the other. And assuming you have the intelligence and the dignity of, and, and presence of thought and the critical thinking ability to make up your mind on that yourself. In as many words... Proving that you can't trust the media. Oh, much more on that when we come back. We are talking with Kendall Qualls, the American Conservative Union. about CPAC. Go nowhere. We'll be right back.
8: Are you sick and tired of fake news and half-truths? Hi, Alex Hartman here of Remax Results. If you're considering selling a property this fall, please listen closely The market is hot, inventory is low, that's all real and factual news. But beware, in today's world, fake news would have you believe you have to hire a big real estate team to sell your house. What they don't tell you is that they may pawn you off on a new rookie agent selling their very first home, or worse yet, a part-timer. The fact is, most people would prefer to work with a proven real estate agent who understands both the marketplace and their needs, and will see their transaction through from start to finish. That is what I am, and that's what I do. When you call me, Alex Hartman, you get me and my proven track record of results. So if you like the idea of working with a like-minded Patriot listener, please give me a call for a free market analysis. Call me directly at 651-334-5000. That's 651-334-5000. Or go to resultsbyalex.com. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony
0: Madrid. Staff
5: Sergeant Samantha Cowley. I'm Staff
0: Sergeant Alex, Staff Keely. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me.
8: I am proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world.
6: Every day, men and women.
8: And cyberspace.
0: And I am
1: proud
8: to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country.
1: Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFReserve.com Whether you love it or hate it, winter is upon us. Start preparing before it's too late. Bundle up and save some cash. This fall is the perfect time for standard heating and air conditioning's Bundle Up for Savings Sale, where you can save at least $1,000 on a new high-efficiency furnace, giving you and your family toasty comfort all season long. In addition to saving $1,000 or more on your new high-efficiency furnace, they're offering payment options for 0% financing. You can take comfort in knowing that Standard Heating has been serving Twin Cities homeowners since 1930, and that their nate certified technicians will get the job done right and right away. So don't wait for winter. Start bundling up and take advantage of this sale. This offer ends October 31st. Learn how you can save $1,000 or more on your new furnace at standardheating.com slash patriot. That's standardheating.com slash patriot. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, the comfort you deserve since 1930. AM 1280, The Patriot.
2: Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. Hey, don't forget, the Patriot Fan Club is the gateway to all that is good in the world, nay, the universe itself. Uh, so uh, how can you find out? Go to am 12 thepatriotcom Sign up for the Patriot Fan Club. It's there. It's for you. It's, uh, it's, it's the gateway to so many wonderful things. I don't even have time to talk about them because it's two weeks before the election, and we've got to be talking about election stuff with us. Next to discuss uh, discuss the lay of the land as we uh, head into the final two weeks before the election from the American Conservative Union, Matt Schlapp joins us. Matt, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network.
4: Hey, great to be with you.
2: Absolutely. So you are out and about on the campaign trail uh, right now, uh, Matt, and I got to say the, the the poll as someone who's a fundamentally pessimistic small town rural Scandinavian guy. Pessimism, sure. uh, it, pessimism is the, the, the pool in which this fish swims, okay? I am sitting here thinking, it's time for me to find a place to bury my, well, my guns all fell in the lake last year, so I don't have to, that to worry about. But uh, all, all of the other freedoms I enjoy as America, I f- feel a little under siege right now. As, from your perspective out there uh, on, on, on the American street watching the campaign trail, what are you seeing out there, Matt Schlapp? <laughs> Well, I don't know if I'd call myself a
4: pessimist or an optimist. I'm probably just a realist. I'm a Midwesterner, and I just try to deal with reality, and the reality is bad. Uh, The Democratic Party, uh, of course, I've never been a member of it, but it was one thing when it just wanted a little bit more government and a little less constitution. Uh, But now it's full on socialist and they're trying to rip this country apart. And what I've seen in my travels, I've gone to almost every battleground state. My wife has as well. And when we compare notes, um, you know, uh, people are scared. They're scared that. It's one thing to lose an election. It's a whole other thing to lose a whole country. And that's what we're talking about. And I think people get that. I don't think I'm using hyperbole here. You know, they don't believe in the Constitution. They don't believe in these rights. They don't believe in what's the contract that was written so long ago, 240 years ago, to start this uh, republic. And uh, and so, you know, that makes people nervous. It makes me nervous. But I will tell you this. There are more of us than there are of them. And we've just got to remind people that for one reason or another— haven't liked the Republican Party or they don't like something about Donald Trump. You know, I'd say look at the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is if you believe in America, if you believe that it's fundamentally a good place filled with wonderful people and we believe in freedom, pull the lever for America on Election Day. And that means up and down the line for Congress, for the Senate, pull the lever for America because, you know, we're the greatest country that's ever been on the face of the globe.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's, it's, it's both the truth and a frighteningly unfashionable message in some quarters here. The, the, the thing that I, that is most galling to me here is, is really Joe Biden. I mean, Joe Biden, I mean, not the fact that he's in the race, although as a, as someone with relatives who are under, in the middle of advancing dementia, I kind of think this is, is a case of elder abuse. Yeah, yet there he is, I don't know, well, more or less on the campaign trail between lids. The two things that, that bother me the most is, first of all, this idea of pitching him as this blue-collar everyman, a, con- a conciliatory uh, figure, uh, a moderate figure, when he is nothing but a delivery system for Kamala Harris, the squad, That's right. Bernie Sanders, and socialism. People don't get this. The fact that this can be sold uh, plausibly just makes me yell at my TV every time I see a Biden ad.
4: And what they're trying to do is make it all about trump has brought chaos to the country and that's the opposite of the truth and look i think donald trump can win in your state of minnesota and that's why we're going to be at cpac minnesota uh, on thursday the 22nd with a whole array of great guests and everybody can go to our website at conservative.org and sign up and get their tickets and come join us i think minnesota is very much in play because i think at the end of the day folks realize what's at stake and joe biden Um, has always been radical and wrong for this country. We looked at all of his votes in the United States Senate, as we do with every elected official at the ACU. And, you know, he's just basically been wrong on every major question to hit the country. And behind him is a party apparatus that does not believe that this country is a good country. Obama told us he wanted to transform the country because he didn't think it was fundamentally a good place. And uh, and and, and I I disagree with him. I think millions of Americans disagree with him. And I think you realize with socialism, it's not just bad economics. It doesn't just make you poor. It doesn't just make you less healthy. It doesn't just make you less happy. Uh, It doesn't value the individual. We know that with the question of abortion, but it doesn't value the dignity of the human being to be able to make their choices, what size of drink they want to drink, what they want to drink, how many kids they want to have, what they want to do with their land. They don't respect these things anymore. They want to control everything we do, and that's why they loved making us all be homeschooled parents when we're not particularly good at teaching, (laughs) and they love to close down our churches. They think churches are better uh, burned down than worshipped in. And I think a lot of just people who aren't socialists and not communists, maybe not even Republicans, They see the lunacy of this radicalized Democratic Party, and I think it gives us a great opportunity.
2: I have to hope so. And I want to talk about CPAC Minnesota in just a moment here. But the other thing that absolutely uh, just gets me yelling at my television every morning during the morning news is the fact that this is this is the whole dictum of telling the big lie often enough. Uh, constantly. I mean, everything out of the guy's mouth is a big lie. I mean, when he talks about unrest in our streets, the ads that he's saturating Minnesota with all show guys wear, carrying tiki torches through Charlottesville as if white supremacists were the ones who burned down Lake Street and University Avenue, including my neighborhood. Uh, the idea that he That's was right. brought in to fix the economy in 2008 uh, when the exact opposite is the truth uh the, the fact the idea that he says with a straight face there's not going to be any tax hike for people making under 400k uh and the the idea that he's not telling us about his absolute or kamala harris's absolute plan to pack the supreme court you repeat a big lie often enough you get on the air as a democratic pundit uh match yeah
4: exactly and look as for my role as uh, co-chairman of catholics for trump it's particularly galling to me that he picked a running mate who doesn't think Amy Coney Barrett deserves to be on the Supreme Court, basically because she's a practicing Catholic, who called the Knights of Columbus uh, basically a hate group. Uh, You know, this this is a group that's trying to get uh, American men to stay close to the church and be good dads and husbands. And if you think that's all bad, then I'm not so sure you're qualified to be in office.
2: I think anyone who uses any level of Handmaid's Tale reference, that is in sp- strictly a review of a Margaret Athwood short story it needs to be cashiered from politics, uh, just just on a matter of principle. It's the most abused metaphor in, in modern American politics. So let's talk about CPAC Minnesota. Actually, let's talk about what you said vis-a-vis CPAC Minnesota, and that is you think Minnesota is winnable. Uh, you think Minnesota could hypothetically uh, flip red here. I always assume the opposite, but then I assume the opposite about the 8th Congressional District up until, I don't know, two years ago. So that's right. Talk- Let's talk about let's talk about uh, path to redness here in Minnesota. Uh, Where do you get that?
4: Well, I get that in the sense that I'm looking, uh, you know, intently at all these polls. And most of the polls that show Donald Trump down in these battleground states um, have a turnout model of 25% Republican. And the pollsters who I trust and have talked to say that that model is 10 points shy of where it's gonna be. And, they, and, they, and, and the flip side of that is they have the Democrat turnout being 40 plus. So, you know, the fact is, is that's how you get to the six, eight, 10 points that differentiates what the public polls are from where the private polls are. And look, in the state of Minnesota, I don't want to act like I know more than you or your listeners. But I do think there is a quiet vote uh, that does not want to really publicly talk about questions concerning race. And your state has been traumatized by this whole question of race, racial animosity. And they realize if they speak publicly about it in an honest way and they're not a person of color, they are immediately called out. They can be fired. Their kids can be uh, harmed. Uh, in terms of, you know, at school and such. And so everyone's gotten very quiet, which is bad for a democracy, by the way, but everyone's gotten very quiet. And uh, and so the question is, how big is that group of people? I think it's pretty large. I experienced this in my own life. I had uh, corporate relationships ended. Because when the whole Black Lives Matter uh, violence started, I called it out. And I never even talked about it in terms of violence, in terms of race. I talked about it in terms of the last thing in the world the black community needs is an effort to, to destroy the family and burn down their churches. I'd rather see all these billions of dollars go to those churches and go to help those families. Let's help people get a laptop so they can do online learning or whatever perverse thing we're, we're thinking of next. But let's use the money to help
2: people. Absolutely. By the way, I, I, here's here's the tea leaf that I'll be looking for. Traditionally, the Star Tribune here in, in uh, the Twin Cities releases its final Minnesota poll the Sunday before the election or maybe the Friday before the election. And here is the absolute lock that will tell you exactly what's going to happen. Historically speaking, going back to 1987, there's an inverse relationship between the size, the lopsidedness of the Democrat advantage and how close the election is going to wind up being. Completely inverse portion so if they show a 12 point biden win strap in it's going to be a long tuesday night uh we, we're going to talk about cpac minnesota when we come uh, in just a moment here but uh we got a caller on the line in minneapolis mary welcome to the northern alliance radio network you're on the line with matt schlapp from the american conservative union go right ahead mary you are on the air i absolutely guarantee it i promise You still with us oh, I like, am. okay go ahead mary you're on the air
5: okay uh, this is for uh, your guest. And first of all, I enjoy seeing your wife on television. She's <laughs> awesome. And the She's second, awesome. thing, and the sec- yeah, and the second thing is, for all Republicans nationwide, if this Trump included, when they talk about the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare, however it's referred to, if they would say that that's just a stepping stone to what the radical Democratic Party really wants, <clears throat> and that is single pay. And the people I've talked to, they don't even know what that means, single payer. So if they could explain that and say that is what socialism is, single pay means you have only the government running health care.
2: Matt Schlapp, your response. I
4: agree. I agree with that. And remember, Joe Biden, he is for the Green New Deal. He is for uh, single-payer health care. He just likes to use other titles. So when it comes to health care, he says he's for Obamacare Plus. All Obamacare Plus means is basically taking that next step and getting rid of private insurance companies and having the government do any, everything. When it comes to he says he's going he doesn't want to ban fracking, he's lying. He wants to not only ban fracking, he wants to ban all fossil fuels. California is now on the path to make the, car illegal uh so i mean you know this is what they believe in and uh and it's a real shame you know i have uh, i'm in georgia campaigning for doug collins and i have got to go speak now
2: absolutely uh, give us the uh, for people who want to get involved with uh, cpac real quickly how can they get, uh, find out more
4: go to our website at conservative.org Tickets are still available. We'll all be out there in a matter of days, and we're going to love being with you.
2: I will post that at ShotInTheDark.info. Go break a leg, uh, Matt Schlapp, from the American Conservative Union. We'll get that out there right now. Let's take a break. One more segment to go, by the way. Thank you very much, and uh, I will hope to join you there, uh, along with our post-debate coverage on on Thursday night. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280. The Patriot, go nowhere. The fun is... Technically 7 8s done and yet as always, magically, just beginning
5: In these long days need a way to... AM
0: 1280 the Patriot. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM1280 the Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iheart, TuneIn, and radio.com. We live
3: in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. instant cash, and huge savings. Plus, there are no realtor fees, no listing fees, and no repair costs. Just cash in your hands for that painful property. They're buying a few more houses in your neighborhood this month. So take advantage of this cash offer and call Quick Cash Offer now.
0: 800-775-4514. 800-775-4514. That's 800-775-4514.
2: Presidential debates might come across as slick productions, but not always. Near the end of the first debate between Gerald Ford and Jimmy Carter in 1976, the audio went dead. As anchorman Harry Reasoner vamped and filled, the candidates stood saying nothing for 27 minutes. After some debates in recent years, that doesn't seem all that bad,
0: does it? Anyway, I'm Mitch Berg. Join us this Thursday evening at 8 as more history is made. Debate Night coverage is presented by Alpha News. Wake up with the Patriots' Daybreak Insider. Today's top news stories from a conservative viewpoint. Sign up at am1280thepatriot.com by using the keyword subscribe. That's subscribe at am1280thepatriot.com. AM1280
2: The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651-289-4488. the number to call. Join us. Hey, don't forget... Right after the top of the hour, here Kim Crockett and Bill Mormon with Minnesota, wake up! Your alarm clock of urgency about everything that is wrong, about the freedom that is being taken away from you, and taken away from you. By the way, uh, by the uh, the with the connivance of a mainstream media that, in theory, is supposed to be donated, devoted to protecting freedom. For example, when your social media giants, your your tech giants, uh, are, are hushing up and actively censoring all information relating to the breaking corruption story. but I'm sorry. Apparently that got muffled somehow. I don't know what happened. It's about uh, the son of Joe Biden, uh, former Vice President Biden, uh, his son named. You're saying what the the something is muffling the signal. Oh, let's try to call him Bunter Hayden. There we go. I got out. Can't call him. But you can call him Bunter Hayden. Got it. Anyway, he's as corrupt as the day is long, allegedly. Uh, The media is trying to shut that down. By the way, as usual, when the allegations against a Republican, they investigate the allegations. When the allegations against a Democrat, they investigate the whistleblowers. Never fails. Speaking of lack of investigation and complete crushing insecurity, uh, New York Magazine came out with a piece uh, yesterday uh, and, and the Twitter feed, the Twitter tweet for it. Reads as follows: Through the sp- and it, by the way, it, it features a uh, heroic-looking photo, almost socialist-realist photo of Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, uh, and, and it reads: Through the spring and summer, as President Trump essentially ignored the coronavirus lie, New York Governor Cuomo played a kind of alternate reality president <laughs> for information-hungry liberals nationwide. He spoke with uh, D. Wallace Wells of New York Magazine. Well, they got one part right: the alternate reality. Uh, Version of the story. Uh, New York still to this day has a per capita death toll per capita triple the national average. Triple. New York City's economy, by the way, the parts that aren't on Wall Street, it's in the tank. Its school system is saved from being a shambles only by having been a shambles before the pandemic. Fredo and Razzo de Blasio have spent the last six months playing out their Petty intra party political squabbles as New Yorkers died and got stacked up like cordwood in box lots. So New York magazine got that part right. Indeed, New York Governor Cuomo did play a part of alternative reality for progressives, but not in the way they're thinking. Well, Mitch, what about the science? Okay, let's look at the science. Look at the it's not science, it's numbers, it's basic math. Because we're going into the beginning of the eighth month of the public realization of this pandemic, and the lockdown is well into seven months long, devastating the parts of America's economy, its mental health and its well-being, at least outside the states that actually pay attention to real science. Places like the Dakotas, Montana, Florida, where there is misery, but there is also, and there's certainly risk, but there's also an economy, a place where people... Can, can keep their mental health in line by being able to work, being able to function, being able to create and produce. And you're starting to see big left hopping up and down with glee at the notion that, by the way, the death toll is rising in places like the Dakotas and Montana and Florida. Case numbers, by the way, in some cases, death tolls, because, yes, among the vulnerable, COVID can be a very dangerous thing. But they're mostly hopping up and down about the case numbers, which are starting to move upward in red America because uh, it's almost winter. Fall's coming on. It's, it, we've been predicting this since March. And to, this, to them, by the way, this justifies their exceedingly weird glee uh, at seeing the infidels in the red states pay for their impudence of, of, of not accepting Fredo. And his wisdom and his anti scientific uh, deegers. But how's it real going out there? That's the real question. I took the stats as of uh, this past Tuesday and broke them down across a couple different statistical groupings. The national average as of Tuesday, per capita, uh, 666 out of 1 million Americans have died of COVID so far. Had something, and people say, well, most of them had. Pre-existing conditions, yeah, but the COVID probably accelerated the effect of those conditions. So I'm not going to be able to say they died with COVID, not of it. Distinction, no difference. Here's the deal. The national average is 666. The average in blue states is 713 per million. So a good 60 uh, deaths per million above. The red state average, 362 per million. So about half the national average. The purple state average, in other words, red states with major usually Democrat-controlled metro areas, 569 per million. States that have, so in other words, states like Minnesota, with uh, major metro areas in them controlled by the Democrats, but largely red, still, again, 150 per million, 50% higher than in red states, in terms of deaths per million. States with greater than 10 million population, 704 per million. States with greater than 20 million population, you're pretty much talking New York, California, Florida, Texas here, 863 per million. Those are, by definition, states control, at least with metro areas, controlled by Democrats. By the way, states of all colors with a population of less than a million, 354 per million. And that's 307 per million if you leave out Rhode Island, which is a, a, a basket case and hard, hard blue. So the numbers are right there. The death toll in red America is at best two-thirds what it is in, in states with large metro areas and surrounded by red areas, and less, right around half of that what it is in blue states. So New York Magazine can jabber on about the alternate reality that liberals look to and they're right. The thing is, their alternate reality is not an actual reality. The redneck bloodbath just isn't happening out there. It's not. The numbers are right there. They're plain as day. I'll bet you a shiny new quarter. The ratio stays, holds fast. It's been this way since the beginning of the pandemic. It's going to stay that way. I got a shiny new quarter that says as much. Much more on that as we go ahead. Two weeks to the election. Get out. Bring people to polls. Get them registered. Get people to vote for the good guys. We're talking red up and down the ballot. Pretty much. I can be convinced. Talk with me about it. We'll be back next week. Thank you for tuning in. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 12 Radio Patriot. God bless you all. God bless America.
3: The Conservative Political Action Conference, CPAC, is back in Minnesota Thursday, October 22nd with its America vs. Socialism Tour. Join American Conservative Union Chairman Matt Schlapp, walkaway founder Brandon Strock, and conservative candidates Jason Lewis, Michelle Fishbach, and others. Thursday, October 22nd at the Horse and Hunt Club in Prior Lake from 5 to 8 p.m., followed by a presidential debate watch. Go to conservative.org to get your free tickets today. Conservative.org and click on the CPAC Minnesota banner.
5: Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro Life Across America is non-political and totally educational.
7: A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro Life Across.